0: Welcome to our first ever episode of Voyages. Voyages is a podcast where I, Gaurav, speak to successful business and technology leaders to share their journey with everyone. Our first guest on the podcast is Mr. Puru Govind. Me and Puru have known each other since the year 2003 while we were studying in the same university. Puru founded a profitable company while at the university, and he was writing articles on open source and operating systems. He then spent a decade in SAP in India and Germany, He joined as a fresh graduate, and his last role there was of a COO of a business unit. He then came back to India and started up again. After that, he also spent some time in a B2B2C business of after sales, where he was the CEO. Currently, he is at Nolarity, where he is responsible for driving the product and technology. Welcome, Puru. It's such a pleasure to have you on my podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Gaurav, for the introduction. and. It is lovely to be part of your pod- podcast and I look forward to it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So what an awesome journey so far, Puru. So tell us about the initial days about, you know, school, college. So yeah, I think you were always a techie. That's how I remember you being a techie and engineer at heart, correct?
1: Yeah. So uh, schooling, I mean, I have a different story. So I did my schooling from about 11 to 12 schools. Not that because I flunked. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> my father had a transferable job. He was in Indian Air Force. Yeah. And which basically meant that I kept changing schools. Uh, in fact, from class 10 to class 12, I changed five schools. And wow. the, the good thing about that is I stayed across the country. I know the, the culture and all those things. And of course, I have a lot of friends from 12 schools. So I am on the 12 alumni uh, <laughs> group. Yeah. School, and Which also means 12 WhatsApp groups. Yes. So that's kind of my uh, story. On the schooling. And uh, with respect to techie, I think uh, what I'll tell about myself is that I love uh, building things. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, uh, I mean, it was Lego, uh, Jigsaw, puzzles, kind of became a teenager. I used to build the temporary badminton coats, uh for the summer break. Or when it came to the share, I always build uh, Ravan uh, stuff with, with a lot of crackers. And also I kind of all Uh, I loved building things from the beginning and uh, with respect to technology, what we call as technology, which is software, uh, I got introduced to it in about, I think, class 8th when we had our first uh, PC at home. Of course, like all kids, I started with playing games, Prince of Persia, Doom, and all those things. And of course, I then started to, I I thought it would be good if I could build games. Of course, I could not make those Graphic heavy games. Uh, I used to code at in basic at that time and I used to build uh, small uh, Puzzles mathematical puzzles and I used to amuse my Classmates with all the games all the puzzles that I used to make and I used to carry them on floppy drives to my school and show them those uh, Puzzles and if they could solve this Uh, I mean when I went to uh, college of course, uh, I started uh, playing a lot with uh, Linux kernel, kind of internals to that. So I think my my uh, the common theme is I kind of love building things. So it was, uh, let's say, Lego to basic games to, let's say, operating system. And now I kind of love building uh, advanced software products and sustainable businesses. So that's kind of uh, what kind of drives me, motivates me every day.
0: Awesome, Puru. awesome, you know, so just so just to give you a little bit about myself also, yeah, so exactly similar lines. So I also got introduced to computers at a very early age, you know, I also remember getting those free magazine CDs, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, then you know, building software, sending it on a floppy drive then just praying to God that the floppy actually works when I take it to school. Okay. And then, you know, then impressing all my friends with the code that I've done some interesting puzzle or some interesting, you know, like some interesting application that you've just built overnight, you know, coding overnight. So very similar journey for me. Also, you know, great.
1: <laughs> it always amuses you. For example, the first PC I had, we were installing Microsoft uh, Windows 95. Yes. And there were 16 floppy drives, white color floppy drives I still have them. And it's so amusing to me when you kind of insert them and say, okay, now insert the next floppy drive and yeah. something is happening on the computer. I mean, that kind of really picks up the kids'
0: uh, interest. I think that's that's where the fascination actually starts. You know, yeah. uh, typically what happens is that if in today's world, everything is an app and you know, nobody really sees what is going on inside that box but at that age you know we had access to the cpu you know you, you got scolded from your father for opening up the cpu but you still did it anyway and you know you still you know then that is where the fascination starts that how was this thing actually working you know you would often uh, the floppy will stop working you will start opening that floppy and you know you'll want to see what is the magnetic magnetic disk looking like all of those things you know we have also i've also done a lot in in my yeah. Cool days Absolutely. as well. yeah. great so puru you know a um, lot of people when they start their careers uh, often they take a long time to actually figure out what to do exactly in their life but you got to a very senior position at very early age so what is the secret and what is the story behind
1: it? okay so that I would say is one of the most asked questions to me and uh, I yeah. think it's a it's a combination of a lot of lot of things I mean foremost I think SAP, at that time, they they had about 40 years of history. SAP is one of the organizations which has the best programs to nurture the talent, whether that's a technical talent or whether that's a managerial talent or any talent. So if they pick up a talent, they really have programs and they really have things where uh, people could uh, grow their career learn more things, etc. So I was the benefactor of one of those programs. It was called SAP uh, High Potential program. Uh, What it basically did was uh, every year about one or two percent of the entire workforce. So at that time, about 70,000 SAP employees. So about one or two percent or three percent, something like this. I don't remember the number exactly. They were nominated to the high uh, potential program. And for this high potential program, there were few fellowships. These are the rotating six months fellowship in different teams. Uh, where you could spend six months uh, in that department, learn things. And of course, then you can come back to your uh, old team and and continue working. So, I mean, I was was very fortunate enough to get into that high potential program. Uh, I was also uh, got second lucky to get the best fellowship, one of the best fellowships uh, where almost every high potential applies to it. And that was basically in the portfolio management corporate strategy group of SAP.
2: Okay. Uh, so
1: that was the time when I got uh, second lucky. Uh, after that, I mean, I spent six months uh, learning the art of portfolio management. I mean, the team I was there, we used to track, I mean, SAP had made few investments and they wanted to track that portfolio. How is it going? Customers, revenue, investment. So I kind of learned uh, those things. Uh, At the end of it, I was actually about to uh, take up a role in London, in SAP. Uh, I think my last three, four days, I happened to meet a person accidentally who is a great friend of mine now. Uh, And uh, I accidentally met him uh, at Coffee Corner. I was picking coffee. I mean, Indians in Germany. So we just picked up a conversation. Uh, We kind of spoke for five minutes and said that, one of the organizations is looking for a chief operating officer. Would you be interested? Wow. (laughs) Of course, why not? And Uh after 30 minutes, I got a call from the assistant of the leader. I mean, Uh my major boss. Uh That uh, Can you be available in 15 minutes? Because my boss, I mean, Thomas is traveling to US for next month. So he would not be available for a conversation. Would you be available in 15 minutes? I said, why not? I'll be there. You tell me the building number and the room number. I'll be there. Uh I had about 45 minutes of conversation with Thomas, and at the end of it, he said, uh, "Welcome to my team. You uh, wow. would wow. be running the operations and strategy for my team." So that—that's basically the story. I would say being at the right place at the right time, meeting yeah. right people. Of course, uh, uh, when you speak to them, there always have to be content in you. It's not that it's always about luck. <laughs> yes. And uh, coincidentally and funnily, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, in Germany, you have rooms. You don't have this open spaces. Of course, there are a few open spaces, but there are some closed rooms also. Mm-hmm. So, during my fellowship, when I spent six months in SAP in Germany, during my fellowship, I shared my room with a person called Christian Klein, mm-hmm. who is now the group CEO of SAP. He is the okay. global CEO of SAP. Okay. And uh, I spent six months sitting in the same room with uh, him. Of course. Uh, learned a lot of things. He was still a very senior person to me. So yeah. Yeah. I would say that that was the third lucky thing that happened to me.
0: That is so awesome, Puru. So I think it's just the, the right combination of talent, luck, being there at the right time, at the right place, and also you know, being able to grab that opportunity as soon as it comes to you. You know? Yeah, if, of course. Uh, that one lucky coffee, I would say. I think. Can has become such a life changer for you. I think it's just just phenomenal how 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 these dots seem to connect with each other without any plans whatsoever. Good good job there, but definitely great. Uh, so also talking, talking about leadership, you've also handled like really big teams. I think about 1,200 members when you were heading B2X. So I think as a leader, you know, always the challenges are about motivating the team to work harder. You know, to deliver their best and also to build a lot of trust in the organization that, you know, people are there for each other and the company is there for you and you should be there for the company. So as a leader, and especially with such a big, you know, set of people a small team, is relatively easier, but with such a big organization, how do you see, what is your, you know, vision from the top down? How do you inculcate that sense of, you know, trust and growth in the organization?
1: Okay, So that's a interesting and a heavy question. (laughs) So in, in my opinion, A leader can be forgiven for a lot of things, but for three points. The first one is lack of vision. The second one is lack of empathy. And the third one is lack of authenticity. So again, a leader can be forgiven for a lot of things, but for these things, vision, authenticity, and empathy. Talking more about the vision, uh, I always kind of create a bold, compelling reason for the team. A mm. uh, team without a goal mm. or without a vision would actually always run haphazardly. It's it's like I, I don't know whether you played football uh, when we were kind of kids, but it's 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 always when when we, we used to play football, uh, all the kids, whether that's eleven kids, twelve kids, fifteen kids, four kids, they always were around the ball. So they were not kind of playing to the rules because they don't they didn't know the vision. That's correct. So, so that that is kind of one of the roles that a leader has to play to motivate them, which is the vision. The second is, of course, uh, lack of uh, empathy. I think as a leader, you really need to deeply care about the people who follow you. Yeah. Uh, not in terms of uh, what uh, they can do, but also what they can do uh, for for the bigger society or bigger uh, uh the, 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 the ecosystem that they kind of belong to so i think that's that's one of the second thing that a leader has to do which is kind of empathize with uh, people i mean our workplaces are not really the prison since people come to a workplace to achieve their goals and visions and hmm. as a leader you kind of need to help them to achieve their visions rather than to ensure that what revenue number they are reaching or what code they are writing. So I think that's that's kind of the second thing that if as a leader you would do, it would uh, motivate the team. And I think the most important thing, which is the authenticity is, uh, I think it's very important for a leader to be just himself. I think when you are trying to be somebody else and you are, uh, when you're trying to be your own and you are standing tall on your, Uh, belief, Uh, I think a lot of things would uh, fall in place. So I think that's the third thing. So I I think in in, in summary, if if you do these three things for the team, uh, the team would be kind of motivated and you would be achieving a a common vision.
0: Uh, Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think I totally agree on the, 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 I think I personally, also have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, agreement on this one. I also being, uh, you know, uh, uh, running a company of a a relatively small size, size, but I think I'm personally able to relate to all the three points as well. Uh, You know, always trying to be authentic and always trying to set the right direction for my team. And, you know, so these points resonate very well, but how how effectively do people see you, uh, you know, exhibiting those three points in a slightly bigger organization because you say in a company like mine people know me personally they have had one-to-one interactions but i'm sure in a bigger organization sometimes people perhaps know that there is guru, okay but they may not necessarily have interacted with you ever at a one-to-one or a face-to-face level do these qualities still shine through into the team absolutely i think i
1: think one of the things uh i mean i actually i didn't remember it i was just speaking to one of my old uh SAP colleagues and this was basically the first inning of SAP which is about 10 years back and he said, Puru, uh, you might not remember it and actually I didn't remember it. Uh, my uh, my friend, uh, this colleague of mine uh, had a baby mm. and I was uh, from Gurgaon to Bangalore traveling for uh, one of the major deals of a quarter mm. and when I say major deal of quarter, in SAP, it's, it's usually a multi-million deal mm. uh, I actually uh, apologized to the customer mm. I left that meeting and attended my colleague at hospital and he said Guru that's the feeling that I could never forget oh, well. <laughs> that uh, I was more important to you than uh, achieving your quarterly quota uh-huh. uh,
2: uh,
1: I think the team understands it and these are the small things that uh, a leader has to exhibit yeah, know that uh, you care for the team. It's not about the open door policy or whatever. I mean, these are just the cosmetics that people do. That I yeah. an open door policy. I think mean, those small things. You reach out to people. I mean, like, like I said, a, a workplace is not a prison for a for a for an employee. Yes. it's a place where he he chooses to come
2: mm.
1: to flourish his ambition and dream, mm. Mm. and his ambition and dream has a good overlap with. Is personal ambition. It's not always your professional ambition. It's your personal ambition. Somebody wants to uh, build a house. For example, uh, uh, one of my uh, one of the people that I follow on Twitter, uh, his uh, this thing tagline or whatever you call the somebody on top is that I want to build a dream house for my father. Wow. He, he's is based out of Kerala. So that that's his goal. That's his ambition. And as a leader or as somebody. That he is looking forward to or looking up to, I need to ensure that I need to help him to achieve this, rather than what feature is it developing in my next release? I mean that this this is something that code that he writes is basically what would achieve him in buying that house. This is and this is not a linear growth. This would be compound growth. So code here, a deal here, this would compound grow in a compounded way to achieve his goal. So I think that that's what. Uh, leaders have to do I and mean, these are small things that people pick up it's not the big thing that open door policy or i am throwing a big party for all the these are just cosmetics
0: yeah true absolutely i think that's i think that empathy really shines from small small incidents like that you know small small stories where you were there for for that person you know despite Having something really important, I think that is when this, these kind of incidents really, you know, may start to make a difference. Absolutely agree, Puru. So, you know, we spent a lot of time in your uh, in your career in in Germany and also a little bit of time back in India. What differences do you see between the you know the the culture, the work ethics, you know, how 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 are they, are people the same globally, or do you have like different set of practices, different set of beliefs across uh, across our countries? Okay,
1: so. I think I loved my five years six years in Germany a lot. And the two things that I really picked from the German culture is their punctuality hmm. and, of course, their bakery. I kind of love German uh, bakery. Uh, when I when I was in Germany and when I used to travel, yeah, uh, the first thing I used to do when coming back uh, to Germany was to buy bread from the Germany at the airport. So they have their retail stores, Edeka, at the airport and I used to buy the German bread. So okay. uh, that's basically one of the things that I pick. I think punctuality is the main thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing, I don't know where I picked it up from or did somebody tell me this or I read it somewhere, but it kind of has stuck with me. The difference between India and Germany. Mm. Uh, I think in Germany, there is chaos to bring order.
0: Mm.
1: and in India, there is an order in chaos.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, uh, for example, when I'm driving in uh, India, oh. I know there would be a lot of chaos. Yeah. And know that there would be an order in the chaos. I know the person who is honking behind. What are the things that he will now try to do?
0: Yes, interesting.
1: Whereas yeah. In Germany, oh.
0: would,
1: it would be chaos to bring an order to the system. They would planned to the last mile, the last second, Uh there's an order in the system. I mean, there's a, I don't know whether it's a joke or not, but you often hear this when you're staying in Germany, the Deutsche Bahn. Deutsche Bahn is basically German train, like Indian Uh Uh railways. If a Deutsche Bahn train
2: Uh
1: arrives even two minutes late, Uh the people at the railway station, they kind of don't like it. Mm. I mean, imagine a one minute or a two minute late in a train. I mean, just imagine that in, uh, in in India. Of course, there's a funny incident. When I, I was in Germany, uh, in my initial days, mm. uh, I had to take a train to somewhere. I think I was going to Stuttgart or Munich. I don't remember. Mm. And uh, at Platform 1, I had my train coming in seven minutes.
2: Mm.
1: However, there was a train arriving in next one minute. I thought, TKF, there's a five-minute gap. This would be the same train. Mm. And I boarded that train. And when in the train, I realized that I had boarded the wrong train. Okay. Huh. It was still coming in next four minutes. Huh, huh, huh. So uh, I mean, that's basically the punctuality. I mean, yeah, time does not, yeah. not matter. But for Germany, it's a big thing. I think we need to inculcate that. Yes. Uh, me... It's, uh, of course, uh, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a personal... Uh, choice that people make but I think if you are disciplined in a couple of things which is your time management, yeah. uh, I think it would give you a lot of space in your professional life and also in your
0: personal life. 100%. Puruvan, you know, so the, the beautiful part about being punctual is it doesn't take much to be punctual. You just have to be there on time. You know, there's nothing much, there's nothing different or out of the ordinary that you have to do. Germans are also very famous for their engineering. So, German engineering is, you know, is well known. How, how true is that, Puru?
1: uh I would like to see that. So, there are two types of engineering one is the software engineering. Uh, And one is the the, the mechanical engineering that we go, I mean, the trains, the motors and all those things. I think on this latter part, they are kind of excellent. Uh, Uh, In the software engineering, the thing is that you need to be very fast and iterative. hmm. Uh, uh, You don't have that long manufacturing cycles, planning cycles, like in case of uh, your, your mechanical engineering, your motors and your heaters and all those things your trains and all those things uh i think if if germans kind of uh replicate what they have been successful in mechanical to the software world uh they kind of have a slow pace so don't get me wrong the german software i mean it's very difficult to find a bug in a german software mm-hmm. uh, on sap they have been they, they are running uh Interestingly, about when I was there at SAP about six years back, 75% of world's GDP crossed the SAP system at some point of time. I mean, just, just imagine that if you just yeah. imagine this world, if there's no SAP,
0: yes,
1: 75% of the world's GDP would, would be hampered, I mean, and of course, there's, they, they publish a lot of Uh, stats like 100% of beer is manufactured on SAP or something like this so it's it's kind of uh, I I was I was working in retail and consumer industries Um, the consumer package uh, goods industry I think 93% of the retailers top retailers were, were running SAP so SAP had a huge impact and that's why you need that good consistency in in and good quality in the software however what I feel is the German software engineering compared to the U.S. software engineering or Indian software engineering is a little slow. Mm-hmm. They don't compromise on the quality. They always say that it's always better to uh, ship later rather than shipping it early with bugs, which I think is not a norm in uh, software engineering. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg says that uh, fail early or something like this. I don't remember mm-hmm. the exact quote, but... By the way, I don't agree to that quote 100%. Yes. Because when you build a B2C company, you can do that. But when you build a B2B company and you basically screw up the ledger or of a of a of a company, you are you are screwed. You are you are royally screwed if you uh, if you develop a finance software uh, or if you develop a payroll and you screw up something. Even yes. I mean, screw up 10 rupees on a payroll.
0: Uh, I don't think so. Any company would like you. So that's kind of the difference i think it's also about the impact i think so b2b businesses would probably be more you know wary about releasing software which is buggy whereas a b2c consumer product you know you can just proudly tell you tell everybody that's a beta product and you are having an early preview of your of your of your of your product and you can get away with a lot of things i think it's just the mindset that is very different in b2b and b2c space as well
1: yeah absolutely i mean nobody would like to maintain their inventory on a beta product Yes. I mean if I get an extra inventory, that's a that's a cost on on my pnl uh, PL and balance sheets. Nobody would like to run inventory of for example, even forecasting, let's say in detail. They don't okay. want to forecast on a beta product. So I think that's that's that's, really, that's the difference. And that's why SAP has been a very strong company on the enterprise resource planning, finance, HR, and building the
0: enterprise software. Definitely, definitely agree. So, Puru, uh, you know, after after SAP, uh, you actually came back to India and started up on your own. So what's the story for that?
1: I think uh, this was more of a personal decision than a professional decision. Okay. Hmm. Uh, of course, I, I always, I mean, I think uh, in, in SAP, uh, I thought about this. I mean, I had resigned and my notice period was about six to seven months. So, mm-hmm. during those six, seven months, I always thought, what would I do when I'm back in India? Mm-hmm. I also remember that I was in India during that time and we spoke, uh, I think in Starbucks in the Sector 29, Gurgaon. That's
2: right.
1: We, we briefly met during that time I kind of uh, took your advice also there. So, I uh, I think more of a personal decision. Professionally, I always thought about this and I thought that it's kind of now, I've built businesses now in SAP. Let me go back to build something from scratch. Uh, I picked uh, one of the things which is of my dear interest, which is cricket and which is intersection of cricket and statistics and mathematics. So I kind of picked up with you uh, you helped me a lot during that process on, on software development and all. I mean, of course, I had weaknesses in my coding skills, which you kind of covered it up. So I think uh, that's it was not a startup or what I wanted to do that I came back to India. It was more of a personal decision. And I think I ran Silly Point, the name of the startup that I had uh, for about an year, a an year and a half. And I think it was a lovely journey, though eventually it failed. But I think I had a lot of lessons uh, from that. Uh, which which always helped me. So I, I think, Gaurav, if a person keeps learning in his life, keeps experimenting in his life, keep building in his life, uh, it would be a very fruitful life for that person.
0: Definitely. So yeah, I think even though if it's brief, you know, I, but still, you I think you still did. Very much, you know, I remember those days where, you know, you were like constantly chatting on the phone almost every single day, trying to build this, you know, interesting statistical mathematics product and, you know, statistical mathematics plus cricket product. So you've uh, tasted entrepreneurship, even if it's for a very short duration. Um, How do you, I mean, so there is a, there is this, you know, there is this whole mindset of having a a really senior, well-paying, stable job. And then there is this other option of being a little adventurous and starting your own company. And, you know fighting it through basically so you've kind of experienced both which what do you what do you suggest you know what has been what what do you what do you recommend as for people who are you know also fighting through this dilemma because i come across many of them all across all all, all the all the all throughout the day. because you know a lot of people after a certain time they've, they've had good good experiences good salaries good positions very well respected high paying jobs you know but the the, the charm of entrepreneurship of doing something on their own is that's always there. Mostly that's always there. So what is your suggestions? What are your thoughts on whether which one, which option works better? And, you know, what are your, what, what, what would you like to suggest to people who are in this dilemma? People who are, you know, uh, senior people who are in this dilemma? Yeah. So
1: fortunately, and I would say not fortunately, very fortunately, I've spent my time in all of these phases. Of course, you said entrepreneur, and then there's a kind of job in a in a corporate world. Yeah. But I would actually bifurcate this more. Hmm. Uh, there is a journey which people call it zero to one journey. Yes. Uh, there is a journey which is ten to hundred journey. There's a journey which is hundred to thousand, and there's a journey which is thousand to ten thousand journey. Correct. Okay. There are different journeys in a life cycle of an organization or a product and again i'm saying that i'm very very fortunate that i always got that opportunity to work in 0 to 1 uh 1 to 100 and so on and so forth i think it's not about picking uh one thing hmm. it's it's that i i want to pick 0 to 1 or let's say because 0 to 1 is is more fun or i want to pick 10,000 to 1 lakh because that's, that would give me a, a, a better, uh, compensation. Yeah. Uh, I think the first thing that a person needs to do, and this is at a very young age, I mean, the, the society is changing. Uh, we are very lucky that our parents are not dependent on us. I mean, there was a generation when the family was dependent on the bread. Uh, Correct. On, Correct. So I think this generation is quite lucky that we are we have that freedom to play around with things. I think you need to just do things that you love doing. Mm. Uh, if you if, if, if you have the scale of taking a thing which is at 100 and which is stagnating at a 10% year over a year growth, mm. and you, mm. you know, you can make this hundred one lakh or 10,000 mm. mm. faster than what the organization is currently doing. Just do that. Okay. If you think that you can do a zero to one job better, uh, than anybody else. Keep doing that. I think the results, I think we shouldn't start with results. We should start with what you love doing and results would happen. Of course, there would be uh, delta changes here and there. I mean, I think the biggest example in front of us is uh, whether you want to be Bill Gates or whether you want to be Satya Nadella. Or, uh, I think what Satya has done is is immense. Of course, what Bill Gates has done is, is also great, but uh, uh, if you see the journey of Bill Gates, the, the, the stock market price, if you look that and if you look at between this uh, other CEO, I'm forgetting the name.
0: Sundar Kachari, uh, perhaps? No,
1: no, no the, the the one before uh, Satya Nadella.
0: Uh, one before Satya Nadella was...
1: That funny guy. Anyway, that's, I'm forgetting his name.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
1: I have yeah. huge respect for him. Yeah. But if you look at the stock price of, market, uh, of Microsoft mm-hmm. uh, there was... Good growth during Bill Gates' time, and then it was constant for 10 15 years.
0: That's correct, yes. And then there was this
1: huge uh pick, and what Satya Narela did with a lot of Microsoft uh portfolio whether that's what's consolidating, whether doubling down on cloud, whether focusing more I mean, not focusing more but be open to open source and so on. So mm. far, mm.
2: the
1: decision that Satya Narela took mm. is is. I, I'll give you another example of uh, the ex-CEO of SAP, Bill mm-hmm. uh, Bill has always been in a, in a corporate world so he started his journey I think uh, in a management consulting and then he spent some time in Xerox and then he came to um, SAP. Be- in SAP and Xerox I think he was in Oracle of or People or something like this and now he is the CEO of ServiceNow now if, if we say that People like Satya, Nadella and Bill, they cannot start a company with a zero to one. I would be wrong to say that. Correct. These people have enough skills. These people have enough access to the capital that they can do it. However, both these gentlemen like taking things from 100 to 10,000. Yes. Whereas if you look at a lot of, let's say, Indian founders, you take... Sachin Bansal or Kunal, I mean, uh, all, all these people, they like building things from scratch mm. and they take to a certain level. I mean, take example of Zomato. Uh, I think Brilliant Journey, Ups and Downs, Dipinder might have had many of those anxious moments in his life, but he loved doing that. Now, can Dipinder go to SAP and grow a business from 110,000? Of course he can. But will he like doing it? Will he love doing it? That I'm not sure. Yes, I think people need to pick what they love doing rather than uh, chase uh, money, etc. I think money, compensation, success, fame, uh, of course, uh, good to have, uh, but these are the wrong metrics to chase. Uh, Of course, when you look at those uh, seven layers of, uh, I don't remember what it's called, uh, of course, you need enough money to sustain your family and, and yourself. But after a certain point of time, I think you, sh- you should, if you want to live a good, fruitful life, you should uh, do things that you love.
0: Definitely. So very well said, actually. You know, I was actually constantly uh, thinking about it. So I think th- it's not just about division of two parts. It's basically much more, much more than that. So, the, the, I mean, unfortunately, the glamour usually lies in the zero to one. I think that's where, you know, a lot of people fall into the trap having a 100 to 1000 or 1000 to 10000 approach also has its own fruits its own benefits you know it's in its own challenges and a lot of people would definitely enjoy that journey and you know but it's it's just that a lot of you know the way that the the ecosystem works right now is that people who are starting up they get the most spotlight they get the most glamour but yes they may not be the best choice for everybody some people simply just you know perform better way better in fact they get a proper structure from the beginning and then they're able to grow the business from then on. So fantastic. Yeah, I think that, he,
1: he just romanticize zero to one journey more. I mean, look at Sundar Pichai. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they have more glamour than most of the <laughs> successful Indian. Uh, yeah. And
2: yeah.
1: look at the gravity of the responsibility on their shoulders. I mean, look at Sundar Pichai. Yeah. I mean, you, we can't imagine five minutes in a life without
0: Google. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Or Chrome browser or anything. We can't even imagine that absolutely so, i mean same as satya nadella and and all of these guys so absolutely. I think it's just that the media loves startup founders and I, I could i i'm quite sure building zero to one in my opinion is little more difficult uh having gone through that journey is little more difficult especially when you are the no one uh which is uh let's say uh, a fresh graduate or the person who does not have uh, own capital or does not have access to the capital, even if he wants to hire a good developer, and you know uh, how, how much developers cost these days. A good yeah. developer, yeah. I mean, even if he's a he, he needs to kind of uh, hire a developer that's at least about uh, seven to ten lakhs today, uh, and that's at least I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that basically skyrocketing these days, so yeah. I think it's uh, zero to one
0: would be always a little more difficult. Definitely, definitely. So, um, you know, so you basically after, after your silly point startup, then you joined B2X and then you also worked with Nularity. So um, can you tell us like a little bit about your journey with Nularity, you know, what was your role and and how did you join Nularity? Why did you join Nularity and, you know, what is your role about?
1: Okay, so uh, I joined Nularity in 2019 and so Nolarity what does Nolarity do? Nolarity enables communication between two entities. Okay. Entities could be businesses or it could be consumer business, whatever it is. B2C, B2B, C2B, whatever it is, we enable communication between entities. For example, Swiggy uh, most of the time when you get a call from your a food delivery partner, Uh, the call that is happening is kind of powered by uh, Swingy, by Nolaiti, sorry. So Nolaiti kind of power these communication. And if you look, humans are, are social beings and whatever organization, whatever system that human make would be built on the fabric of communication. Right. So, communication would always remain a key part. I mean, while I was kind of looking at the role and all, I mean, I was quite surprised to know that 40% of the IT spend, so if a company spends 100 rupees, 40% of that, which is 40 rupees, is spent on uh, communications. Oh, so it's, hmm. a, it's a huge part of IT spend. So, the, basically, the huge market, huge addressable market. And it's also about the timing. Uh, there's a huge shift that is happening in the communication space from on-premise to cloud uh, and Nolarity has kind of pioneered the cloud telephony in last 10 years so there's a huge shift happening of course it started with servers when AWS picked up then software the software layers were kind of um, uh, uh, brought on cloud with Salesforce Workday SuccessFactors and now it's time of uh, communication. And of course, Twilio has been successful in the Western part
0: Definitely uh,
1: on, on that. So I think in India, a lot is shifting from on-premise to cloud. What was also interesting is how this industry was shaping. I mean, like I said, again, I like building things and in communication, there was a lot of things to be built. For example, all these companies, I cannot imagine a company which does not communicate on the phone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And all these companies today has no idea mm. what is happening in that phone conversation. Yes. I mean, I can give you an example. We, we both are speaking in this call. Mm. Would any of your employee, or let's say you might have had a board member or your investor, would you know what Gaurav and Puru are speaking about? Sure. Absolutely no idea. So the voice conversations are a black box for an organization today. Mm. And what we in is trying to do is to make that black box open for the world.
0: Got it. What we
1: are doing is, I mean, we are partnered with Google on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are building models where we could figure it out. What is your sales rep talking about on the phone? What is your customer talking on the phone? Is the customer uh, complaining about the price or the product? Or is your agent even speaking uh, the right script? Or is your agent even talking about the right features? Or is talking about anything which is abusive or not. So we are kind of making sense of what is happening yeah. uh, in these calls. So the second thing is, of course, uh, so that's one thing. The second thing is, of course, a lot of these conversations needs to be automated. And that's a journey that we have kind of uh, started. Uh, so I think my decision to join Nolarity was uh, the huge shift from on-premise to cloud and the things that would complement uh, this, this industry. And I think Nolarity started this journey uh, uh, with, with the support of our board and uh, of, of transforming itself, disrupting itself from a cloud telephony company to a cloud communication company. And I'm just uh, happy to be part of this journey
0: oh definitely very fascinating journey and definitely i know so we are we are customers of nullarity for sure and uh, you know happy to happy customers of nullarity and uh, you know so definitely i think this whole cloud telephony and then subsequently cloud communication platform will change and disrupt the way everything is happening i think the, the part that you mentioned about sales calls you talk about how that is such a black box to founders they don't know what their sales guys are talking about are they making the right pitch are they setting the right tone are they using the right keywords are they exa- not, are they hopefully not exaggerating their competitors too much? So all of those things, you know, great, you know, and uh, that's such a, such a good um, vision and objective to be a part of. I think that's, that's really, that's really awesome. Um, Puru, outside of work, you know, so we've talked a lot about your work, you know, your background, SAP, uh, Nolarity. Uh, tell us, do you, do, you, do you find time to read books also? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I get a lot of time. Not that I'm a super busy person. I, I get a lot of time. Okay. In fact, I have
0: uh, a lot of books. You can see some books in the back. Yeah, yeah. there's a small sneak peek that we can see. So tell us about, you know, the, perhaps one or two the best ones, perhaps the one that, you know, that impacted you the most.
1: Uh, I think there's one book. I don't remember the author name. Mm-hmm basically, what he has done is he has kind of uh, summarized the Warren Buffett's uh, uh, interviews in a conversational way. The book name is something like, uh, tell me how I will die so that, or tell me where I would die so that I don't go there. That's the name of the book. Okay, Um, It's not a very, uh, I would say, famous book. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. In the the start, but I loved reading that book. And it, it's like a conversation between a librarian okay. and a person who is confused. I mean, people, a common person like you and me. Very and, and definitely Warren Buffet. So a very interesting book. I think I kind of uh loved reading that. I think the second book that I really loved was a book by uh Herman Hayes. was an Austrian or German author way back during the Second World War. And he penned a book called Siddhartha. Okay. A brilliant book. Uh, I think one of the things that I really picked up from it is I think one of the uh, fishermen or somebody asked uh, Siddhartha, and this is like uh, on life of Buddha, that uh, basically Buddha asked him, can I... Uh, can I go with you? And can you help me in crossing this river? And he said, I can do it, but what can you do for me? Mm. And he said that, he said three things. He said, uh, I can wait. uh, I can think and I can fast. I mean, these are very deep words, which has basically many meanings. I mean, I can think is, is that uh, a lot of people, uh, I mean, it's not the thinking like what we are doing right now. It's basically, Mm Thinking deep, second order level, and all those things. I can fast means that I can uh, work for you with limited resources. Mm. It's not the fasting as in what we do with food and all. It's basically fasting. You have a limited resources and you have to uh, maximize. And the third is I can wait. I mean, waiting is a true skill. We haven't talked about this, but waiting is a is a skill that I think all of us uh, should have. And this would help you in many things. I mean. For example, I'm a very active investor in public markets. Uh, and uh, with you, the art of this waiting with your money in your bank account and not invested yeah, is, a, is a huge skill that you would have. You would every morning, if you have, let's say, if you want to invest hundred rupees, okay, you know that the timing is not right. Just waiting with that hundred rupees in your bank account is a skill. If you yeah. deploy it too fast it would erode. If you deploy it too late, it would erode. So at some point of time, you have to just wait. For example, right now I'm waiting. I know the public markets are overvalued. Of course, I can lose uh, a lot of money, but as a same investor, I'm just waiting with my money in my bank account. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Public markets, similarly in the organizations. Mm. Uh, I mean, the best example is uh, last year. Mm -hmm. Every organization had a lot of plans. I mean, Mm -hmm. you talk about, take about any company, I'm quite sure Square would have had uh, a lot of plans for the year. And basically, pandemic happened and uh, all those plans were basically paused. And of course, there would have been a lot of implications for the business. You had to take a lot of decisions. But for many months, every organization was basically ensuring that they are running, they are not investing. They're just waiting for the right time to come so that they can reinvest things back into the business. That's absolutely correct. You as a founder, and you, I'm quite sure that you would have gone through this journey for those four or five months. Yeah. You would have just waited, ki, let things be clear, and then okay. I could make a decision, what should I do? And it's very frustrating for a, for a person like you or for a person like me who's a builder, that we are just sitting there, uh, uh, flying the plane on auto control, not doing anything about it or not trying to optimize anything or, or building new things. So I think waiting is a huge skill that you all need to, and I'm trying to learn. Uh, of course, I'm uh, not very patient person. Uh, so, but this is something that I'm trying to learn.
0: Oh, definitely. So Puru, you've definitely taught me one very new and very interesting thing, which is the skill of waiting. I'm definitely sure that I'll, you know, Google for it after this call and I'll see what are the other good resources apart from this book also that I need to learn. I think it's a very important skill. I think it applies to pretty much every realm of life, not just about finances, but I think pretty much everything, you know, just waiting and pouncing on to the opportunity when the time is right. I think that is, you know, a, a big skill to have. I think most people simply think uh, they, they don't, they don't understand what is the importance of waiting and perhaps they just end up taking decisions too fast and perhaps too soon. And that's perhaps, Absolutely.
1: And yeah. and This has, I mean, I could, I just thought about this applicable in relationships. Yes. Everything. Uh, yeah. At, at some point of time, the people, the times could be wrong. You just have to wait and go through the storm together and then come out stronger uh, out of it. So I think waiting is a good skill to have.
0: Definitely, Puru, definitely. Very interesting thought. And what about, you know, what about uh, Puru as a person? What are your interests, hobbies, you know, outside of work, outside of books? So what do you, how do you spend your free time?
1: I think I, I, I watch cricket a lot. Okay. I, I sleep a lot. Uh, and my, my Honestly, my favorite time pass is thinking nothing. Okay. Uh, you. Uh, my wife always complains that my bi- my favorite pose is that I'm just lying on the bed, looking at the fan, doing oh. nothing. <laughs> so, not even the phone in my hand. Okay. So <laughs> uh, I think uh, that's that's sleeping, cricket, and. Lying down, doing nothing is are the three hobbies that I really
0: like doing. Yeah, yeah, so I think cricket, Cricket, though, I know from the beginning that, you know, you've been a big, big fan of cricket. I think the the coronavirus has definitely spoiled a lot of IPL plans and, uh, you know, things have definitely come to a pause. Hopefully, hopefully those things should also get sorted soon and we'll get, you know, good live action on the TV again.
1: Yeah, and I my, my another hobby is I like reading stuff a lot on losing weight. Oh uh, wow. <laughs> so theoretically I am very strong but unfortunately I haven't put that <laughs> theory in, into practice. Right. I always, every yeah. year I try to do it. Yeah. So that's I, a, yeah. the fourth thing that I love doing it reading a lot about weight loss.
0: Yeah, so I've also written a blog, you know, on on losing weight. So I also lost 40 kgs some at some point of time. Yeah. So so I wrote a wrote a few tips and tricks on how I did that.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I remember that this was long back and uh, I think when we met in it cannot place. I think 2013 or 14. Yes, and yes, point, yes. I was really, really surprised to see you. So yes. I think that was a huge transformation and inspiring
0: thing from you. Yes, Puru, So <laughs> cool. So I think it's been a fantastic conversation, Puru. You know, thanks a lot. I cannot, you know, thank you enough for spending uh, this one hour with us. I know you're a busy person, and you thanks a lot for spending this time. I think the conversations that we have had definitely, you know, will bring a lot of new perspective to people who are listening in, and also, you know, give them a lot to think about. Perhaps, you know, bring a new additional, uh, you know, thought process in their life. Thanks a lot for the time that you've spent, Puru, uh, on this call.
1: Thank you, Gaurav. I I like always. I enjoyed speaking to you.
0: Thank you. And
1: uh, of course, uh, I'm very very happy to have a friend like you and an uh, uh, advisor like you. I, I think uh, you know it that whenever I think about zero to one, the first person I call is you.
2: <laughs> and um, you.
1: And yes. spoke about something zero to one yesterday evening also. So yes, 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 uh, absolutely. absolutely. I look forward to a lot of zero to ones with you.
0: Yes, thank you. Same here, Puru. The, you know, the, the all the pleasure is all mine here and definitely, you know, love to have the, the zero to one journey with you again. Silly Point was such a good, you know, fun journey for me too and love to have that journey again whenever the time is right. And we'll probably wait for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You awesome. Thank you, Puru. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Bye.